Shortcut Health Puzzle Made Simple. I'm your host Prajakta and this podcast will help you uncover the root causes to your gut issues, help you heal and nurture your gut through the healing power of nutrition and healthy lifestyle modifications. I will be sharing quick and easy tips that you can implement right away to solve your gut health puzzle. Hey, welcome back to another episode. I'm a registered dietitian, founder and CEO of Right Nutrition Works, and I'm so glad you have joined me today. Hey there, my friend. I am super excited for today's podcast episode. Today's podcast episode is on skin-gut access. This is a very interesting topic, and I uh, love this topic a lot, and I'm sure the information that will be shared in today's episode, you will love it as well. I am so lucky to be joined today by Dr. Melissa Raymond. Dr. Melissa, is it is wonderful to have you here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Projector. It's just a joy to be able to share this knowledge with you and your audience. Thank you. And uh, Dr. Melissa is joining me today from Australia, and it is eight o'clock in the morning, her time. So, and it's a Saturday. So thank you once again, Dr. Melissa, uh, to be here with us on a weekend. It's my absolute pleasure. (laughs) So before we begin our episode, I'm just going to do a quick read on Dr. Raymond. Dr. Melissa Raymond is PhD and is a self-confessed research nerd. She is dedicated mom and also an Amazon best-selling author. After spending what felt like million years trying to manage her own son's eczema, she hit on her own formula for success that helped heal her son's skin. Her business Your Journey to Healing helps fellow moms of kids with eczema. Dr. Melissa finds a great joy sharing her knowledge and her different healing strategies in her practice. She guides parents who are ready to help their child feel comfortable and happy in their own skin. Thank you for being here once again. And let's jump right into our today's topic. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, perfect. So my first question to you is, is there a link with eczema and gut health? Yes, there absolutely is. And it's it's been an interesting journey being told this in our own personal journey that there's no link between gut health and skin, but many alternate practitioners or naturopaths or um, clinical nutritionists, traditional Chinese medicine practitioners have known this for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. Um, And now the research is starting to catch up. Mm -hmm. So it absolutely is a link. And the research is showing that in people with eczema, they have leaky gut. Um, I'm sure your audience would know all about leaky gut with what you've been teaching but it actually is showing that in the research now. So it's, um, it's, it's coming out as, as evidence, yes. Wow, definitely uh, this is important information for everyone to know that uh, there is a 
there's a connection between gut and skin. And when someone is dealing with any type of skin conditions and um, correct me, Dr. Raymond, if I'm wrong, but that skin condition could not just be limited to eczema, but also mild rashes, acne, uh, anything, right? Even the yeah. dry, itchy skin, right? Yes, even psoriasis, people will say, oh, that's a different condition. It's, it is a different condition. It's a different diagnosis. It presents differently. But again, it really has strong gut health root causes or gut health being, a, um, being an issue with yeah. other root causes um, yeah. contributing to that. Yep, perfect. And it's really interesting to know that when someone has gut issues, uh, they are possibly dealing with leaky gut. And uh, many times, uh, at least I have seen in my practice that people are unaware that they are dealing with leaky gut. They just start to eventually feel that this is normal or this is what my age is saying something or whatever, whatever excuses people will come up with. But I always tell my clients that do not ignore anything that is abnormal to you. And I'm sure yes. you agree with me. Yes, absolutely. And I think some people, when I talk about gut health, they say, oh, no, I've got, I've got eczema. I don't have any tummy troubles. And so that can be a really tricky thing to understand that gut health problems can present in so many different ways and not necessarily having a tummy ache or constipated. Right. Absolutely. You're right. Now, this leads me to um, have another next question for you. And that is what exactly this skin gut axis? I know people have heard about it, but not uh, everybody exactly knows what it is. So we would really like to uh, hear it from you being expert in this area. Sure. So it is really that connection between gut, the gut and the skin. We have um, a very long nerve in the body. The longest cranial nerve is called the vagus nerve. And this helps to regulate our um, our bodies. So it's known as colloquially as the, um, the rest and digest nerve. So it is the opposite to the fight or flight response that we hear about um, when, we're, when we're very stressed. So this nerve is a very important nerve and it connects so many organs in the body and it connects to the skin as well. So through through this, when it connects into the gut, if we have gut problems and the vagus nerve is not working very well, it can lead to skin problems or it can lead to a number of different problems, as I alluded to before. Mm-hmm. When we help improve the gut, we can improve the skin. When we improve, when we are just working on skin from a topical approach, So if we're only using moisturizers and we're looking at fabric softeners and cutting them out and we're doing all the environmental things that some doctors tell us to do, then we can't actually heal the skin from the, from, we can't actually heal the skin. We're doing that band-aid approach and we're removing external triggers, which is part of the process. But if we're not looking at that gut skin axis connection, where we are really dealing with one of the root causes or a contributing factor with gut health problems, then we won't resolve the eczema. It'll be a continual problem. 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And I believe we uh, both of us believe in treating the root causes and not just putting the uh, bandages on symptoms, because I completely um, agree that putting different uh, moisturizers or topical creams, uh, it you're basically suppressing what you're dealing with. And as long as you continue with those treatments, your eczema won't show up or your acne won't show up. But as soon as you stop doing that, it's going to come back on your skin. Am I right? Absolutely. And it often comes back worse and it will come back in different places. So it's a, it's this, um, it's this, it's like, oh, where is it going to pop up today? And how bad is it going to be today? Particularly when a parents try and wean off hmm. because the advice is around, um, the medication approach this using steroids and i'm absolutely not against steroids mm -hmm. sometimes they can be used to help really calm the child while you're working on gut health at the same time right. um, but when you are told to use steroids you're told don't use them for more than two or three days in a row mm -hmm. don't use them for too long mm -hmm. And parents take that advice and think, okay, well, this is going to fix my child's skin because I'm, I only need to use them a little bit and I can't use them long term. And so once I stop using them for a few days, then it will go away. And that's absolutely not the experience of 99% um, of people that I, I don't know anyone who's had a, had a, you know, a clearing experience with that approach. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Um, my uh, next question is, and uh, we all know, all my listeners know, my clients know, I'm sure uh, people who are dealing with digestive issues know that these digestive problems, they don't um, sprout overnight. This is a process and that process uh, could be possibly started in someone's life a few days back, a few weeks back, or even a few years back. And um, Definitely, some of the experiences in your childhood can play a big role in your gut health today. So based on that, my question is, how does our childhood affect our gut health? And do you think that there's a relationship between that? Yeah, so there's sort of different types of um, eczema presentations. Some people, some babies are born with eczema. They develop eczema very, very soon after birth. Mm -hmm. And then some tend to develop, it's around about four months is the most two or four months is the most common time for kids to develop eczema. And it, they tend to either outgrow it by age five mm -hmm. or like 50% of kids outgrow it by age five. And then another 25% will continue it into adulthood. And it is that, or are you going to wait and see approach to see if they grow out of it. Um, the things that influence our, um, our health, and particularly as babies, are the way that we're born. So if we're born um, with a vaginal birth, then we get the gut health, uh, you know, profile essentially from our mother and our father too. And so if that process doesn't happen and we're born via cesarean section or even with interventions, hmm. um, then the gut health profile is more of the hospital environment or the environment of where we're born. <clears throat> and so that influences gut health particularly if okay. you, pardon me, <coughs> if you are born that way, so that influences gut health. And, of course, 
if you need to be born by a Caesar, then you're born by a Caesar. So there's no judgment or comment there. It's just those are the facts. And then diet as well. So breastfed babies have more of the prebiotic fibres in the in the breast milk, whereas formula-fed babies are more likely to have eczema. Again, it changes and we can modulate that with age. So it doesn't mean that if you were formula-fed like I was, that you can't do anything about it. Right. So those things can influence. The other thing that I'm seeing is the use of baby monitors, um, oh. Wi-Fi, so wireless baby monitors in cots or in babies' rooms. And the research is showing that EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies, of those varieties can impact on gut health. They can impact if there's mould in the house. They can um, exacerbate mould and increase mould growth by 600%. So you put a modem or a, um, a, a, a wireless baby monitor in a room and it can exacerbate any existing environmental conditions in the home, such as mould. Um, so those are some examples of why it happens in kids and sometimes it can go away kids can grow out of it I've met people who come back they have a period of clear skin because they grew mm -hmm. out of it and then it comes back as an adult and it can be the stresses um, environmental stresses or even that stored trauma uh, which often doesn't get talk talked about but there's there's a saying the body keeps score mm -hmm. and so any trauma or stress that we have in our life whether we remember it or we don't gets stored in our body if it's not released at the time and it's not dealt with at the time and so that can represent as an adult or it can present as a child and so dealing with that stress and that trauma is a really important part of eczema as well. I see. This was very, very interesting to know that even the uh, electromagnetic uh, frequencies and baby monitors can even affect your skin health. And uh, definitely that uh, connection between your gut and skin can actually be weakened. That was a very, very uh, important information you shared today with our discussion. So thank you so much. Now, um, my one question is, I know you said that uh, some babies uh, will outgrow their uh, eczema by age five. And uh, for those, as they become, you know, kind of teenager or even um, younger adults, um, does that eczema come back or what is your experience? So I tend to work with mums of young kids with eczema and then adults. So I don't have too many teenage okay. uh, clients. They often, um, often as a teenager, you're very decisive about what you do and what you don't want to do. <laughs> and so it can be, it, it is easier for parents to do something about it when the baby is very little and they can control everything. Mm -hmm. Teenagers, less so, but it may present that they also have bad acne. Yep. And so, again, it's that same um, same link. Skin, gut, yeah. gut skin yeah. connection. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And, um, how, uh, what is the skin microbiome and what things can affect it? So I know people, mainly people talk about gut microbiome, but yes, yes there is skin microbiome. What is it exactly? And yeah. what things can change that or affect it? Yeah, so we do have a skin microbiome. We have a lung microbiome. We've got 
microbiomes everywhere, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure we'll hear more about those other areas soon. But this research is starting to catch up again about the skin microbiome. So we have a protective layer of bacteria and microorganisms on our skin. And that helps us. It helps sort of, I think of them like the little soldiers protecting, um, you know, the castle. We are the castle. And so they protect the skin. Mm. And so we have the potentially uh, beneficial soldiers, Mm -hmm. uh, um, skin bacteria, and then we have the potentially harmful ones. Now, if we don't have eczema, we don't have the genetic predisposition to eczema, doesn't mean that you're going to get eczema Um, but if you have a genetic predisposition and then you have the gut health problems and you have a good environment where eczema might thrive then potentially harmful bacteria on the skin is going to be a problem for you for me I don't have eczema and I probably have potentially harmful bacteria on my skin up my nose you know but it's actually not a problem because my skin barrier is intact Mm. um, and I don't have that predisposition. So when we have eczema, there's a higher uh, concentration of a bad bacteria called Staphylococcus aureus. And 30% of us have it up our noses and it doesn't cause a problem. But Mm. for people with eczema, it may actually um, be in higher concentrations in those flare-up areas. And this particular bacteria likes it dry. They like dry skin, which eczema mm-hmm. is dry skin, right? And also they like a high pH. Ah. So normally our skin is acidic. It, it mm-hmm. is quite, you know, it's acidic. Um, on the scale, it's a four, sometimes a five, sometimes a three and a half. Mm-hmm. And it depends on the areas that we're talking about in the body. But when the pH is high, and um, the skin is dry, Staphylococcus aureus likes to thrive. And so when we use things like soap um, or chlorinated water, those things can dry out the skin, and soap has a very alkaline pH as well. Mm -hmm. So you're actually then creating a really good environment for Staphylococcus aureus to, to grow. Yeah, yeah. So things like moisturizers, things that we put on our skin, even the myth of the neutral um, shampoo. I don't know if you had those mm-hmm. um, those ads in the nineties about the Johnson and Johnson neutral yeah. Um, pH. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that if it goes in your child's eyes, it's fine. Um, even a neutral pH can be too alkaline for our skin. I see. I see. Okay. And I know uh, you were primarily talking about babies, but you do work with uh, even adult population. And what would you say about some personal care products? Does that affect our skin and can uh, have a flare up with eczema? Yeah, they can. They can affect our skin. The biggest things I talk about um, are knowing exactly what you're putting on your skin. So what are the ingredients in that moisturizer you're, you're, you're using? What are the things that you put on your skin every day? Is it makeup, lipstick, mm. you know, eyeliner, all of those things that a woman typically puts on her skin most days. Um, so there's a lot of chemicals in there. And some of the ingredients in our skincare products are known skin irritants. Mm. So they are known to cause or contribute to dermatitis. Um, so repeated applications is not ideal. I tend to um, encourage 
things like um, just being aware of the soap that they're using and making sure if they're using a soap regularly, which we do when we're, you know, washing our hands after the bathroom, that it's something that's a bit more gentler on the skin and that they're aware that there's no skin irritants in there. But just being aware of, you know, if I'm using 20 products at the moment, can I can I make it five yeah. or can I use it every second day or something, something Correct. along those lines as Correct. well? Correct. Well, that's a, that's a definitely a good takeaway that if you cannot completely get rid of all the personal care products, all your makeup products, at least see if you can reduce the number of products you use from 20 to 10, maybe eventually five, or rather than doing makeup every day, if you can take a break and give your skin a break from makeup on weekends or if you're not going to be going to work and you're working from home probably that's the best time that just give your skin some break from all those chemicals right yeah absolutely yeah and what is your take on um, hand sanitizers because after this uh, overall COVID thing happened I know people use lot more hand sanitizers than before. Um, even you go to doctor's offices or, uh, you know, any any buildings, basically, there is always a sanitizer bottle available in schools also. So what, what would you say about that? Well, what I have noticed, so I'm also a physio and I've worked in the hospital system for the last 20 years, but particularly the last couple of years, the rate of dermatitis in my colleagues has really increased significantly and also even, you know, family and friends just on their hands. Um, Interesting, when they have gone to their dermatologist, they've said, oh, there's nothing in the hand sanitizer that would um, cause this. It's just the fact that you're washing your hands so much. Now, if you look into the ingredients of those alcohol, uh, the typical alcohol hand sanitizers, they do contain a known skin irritant. So that's false. You can cross-check that on the EWG Environmental Working Group Skin Deep database, very helpful database to see what is in your skincare products. Um, But also it's the antibacterial component. So we talked about the skin microbiome before. What we're doing there is destroying all of our good soldiers that are protecting our castle Mm. and therefore creating an environment that is a high alkaline environment that's dry and a good place for Staphylococcus aureus to to grow. Those, you know, those um, opportunistic bacteria can then grow because there's no good soldiers to defend the skin so it it, uh i just i guess i think i encourage listeners to make the decision for themselves about the years pre you know pre-spraying every you know your kitchen with all the antibacterial sprays and having everything (laughs) 99.999 percent bacteria free Mm -hmm. do we need to be like that because bacteria is a really important part of our health they actually help us in our lives and when we become too sterile and then are exposed to bacteria that is when things can can happen yeah absolutely that's definitely a good uh, point to take away for my audience thank you so much um, now i know that we can we can talk on this topic for hours um, and you have definitely highlighted some of the key areas which is which are extremely important. So uh, really, really appreciate that. Uh, Now, how can uh, 
people find you or how can they uh, get in touch with you? Sure. Well, I have a free Facebook community, which is at uh, yourjourneytohealing.net forward slash community. So you can find me there. And then I'm on Facebook, Your Journey to Healing with Melissa. So if you want to find me there, send me a message, um, join our community and join the conversation. Perfect. And um, I'm going to share both these links in my show notes. So if um, anybody is interested, they can definitely join the Facebook group or uh, get in touch with Dr. Raymond. Uh, now, before we end our today's episode, is there um, anything else you would like to share with our audience today? Any any takeaway point or anything? Yes, I guess there's a, two things. The first thing is if you're a mom with a child with eczema or you have eczema yourself, don't. it's not helpful to go down the blame route or the guilt route. Guilt doesn't um, add anything to your journey at all. And so if you feel like you've contributed or you feel like you should have done some things differently, you only know what you know at the time and you make the decision that you make at the time with the information that you have. So be gentle on yourself and move forward with with the information that you feel that fits with you, take what you take what you liked, leave what you didn't resonate with and, you know, move forward in your um, path of health. And then the second point is just one thing at a time. So if you've heard a few things on, um, on this podcast over the last few months, then just take one thing at a time. Don't try and implement everything. Mm-hmm. Be kind on yourself um, and and take that one step at a time to be able to then make long-lasting change. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much. And um, uh, absolutely what you said, I 100% agree. At the same time, I would say that do not ignore any of your skin problems, even if they just come and go. They are very infrequent. They are very mild. If you don't even feel like they need to be discussed with your a healthcare provider, your physician, uh, that can be just a beginning of something much bigger later in your life. So don't wait until uh, everything or the situation becomes like a disaster. So take action on that, be proactive. And as I always say that, get to the root cause of your problem. Do not mask symptoms. That is not the right approach. You may find that it is helping you faster, but still it is going to come up on the surface again. So thank you so much, Dr. Raymond, for spending time and sharing your knowledge with my audience today. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much, Projector. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.